This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, I'm not one to... Uh even notice the weather. I'm not a big weather person. I really don't care if it's hot. I really don't care if it's cold. I'm so self-absorbed and into my own little problems and hang-ups and world that I just, I, I'm oblivious to it most of the time. Uh, having said that, <laughs> I think it's time to panic. What the hell is going on? I've never seen rain like this. I don't think ever. And I've been on safari. I've been to the freaking jungle. It doesn't rain like this. Maybe for 20 minutes, and then it stops for six days. This is crazy. Ever? It's pouring rain, and it's been pouring, what, for at least five hours. Five hours. That's when I went out. Maybe it was pouring hours early. I don't know what's happening. I dropped my daughter off at school. I thought, oh, wow, wow, this is wet. We're really wet. I usually don't carry an umbrella. I had an umbrella. She had an umbrella. Everything's fine. But then it really started coming down hard. I'm gonna, okay, I'm going to wait this out. I'll wait this out inside the school. And uh, it just, it never stopped. And um, not only that, they kind of wanted me to leave the school. <laughs> Can't hang around a school uh, after the drop-off is done. So I, and then uh, the subway, I did take it this morning because, uh, well, oh, first I took an Uber. It was like, I, I don't even want to look at the price. I can't, I can't look at it. I just can't look at it. I know it's like a hundred bucks to go three blocks. I had to go to the orthodontist, not the orthodontist. Who's the guy who does the, uh, the root canal stuff? Anyway, that guy, a preliminary for a root canal took the subway at one point and, um, no water down there. I'm seeing the video though. Uh, subway stations all over the place. Now, Kathy Hochul, very clueless. Uh, but I, I hope that there's some emergency management coordinator under her who knows uh, what he or she is doing. And I guess they've declared an emergency uh, in the state, in the city. And I'm still looking at it. Now it's coming down slanted, sideways. Remember in Forrest Gump when they were complaining about the rain all the time? It came up, up, it came up this way, that way, on a sideways, even up. It would rain up sometimes. This is... Uh, Matt Meany, you just came in from the streets. Matt Meany is the uh, the programming director here, and uh, everybody has an excuse to be late. Uh, although I don't know about four hours late. Is that true? Is it what's going on out there? Well, I got uh, rain in Brooklyn. There's about like three feet of rain in Brooklyn, but there's also rain coming from my apartment ceiling. So that's why I'm four hours late. Um. Well, the subway is still operating, right? No, I was on a Q train at Prospect Park, and uh, they are not, they didn't go anywhere. No trains to the city. How'd you get here? I took an Uber for two and a half hours. And the traffic is really horrific out there. Oh, stop moving. Uh, what are we all going to do? Well, at least we're indoors. It's dry, although I did step in a big puddle. My shoes are wet. What do we do? Uh, if you don't have to go, I guess you don't leave. What, what, what? I mean, look, it is dangerous out there. These big, silly puddles, big, deep puddles. I did see some footage. It, it really is, you know, look, I hate it when the 
guys get on the radio and tell you don't drive. We already know that, all right? We don't we, I mean, people people make the right decision. I, what, I'm I'm not you you guys know what to do. Um when is this going to end? We got when is this going to suppose let me look. I, it, it's got to end soon. This is I, and it's getting harder by the second. I mean, is this like a biblical sign? Are we getting I mean, <laughs> right? Did they anticipate this? I told you I don't really listen to the weather reports. I Let's just make sure it's going to stop soon. Uh, severe weather flooding until 3 p.m. Additional flood watch. State of emergency is issued as heavy rain leads to flooding. Um, coming down like crazy. It's going to be actually could go all the way to nighttime. All right. So it's 90% chance th- at 2 o'clock. Then it goes down a little bit. 70% chance of heavy rain at 3, 4, 5, 6 p.m., uh, let's see, the sun goes down at 641, and then I think the rain stops. Well, that's nice. Nope, that's the wrong city. Here we go. Uh, no, it doesn't stop. It's going to be raining all night long, and into the morning, it kind of tapers off at about 2, 3, 4 a.m. We could have a big problem by then. All right, well, anyway, I love the rain to a point. This is crazy. And this is really upending a lot of people's lives. I'm sorry about that. Is there anything we can do as a radio station to help? Matt, what do we do in a time like this? I've never seen this kind of uh, situation. I mean, it's similar to, you know, snowstorms, I guess. We just sit here and give updates and, uh, you know, keep listening to our local side for traffic updates because, I mean, the Metro North is shut down. I can't even imagine. NJ Transit's bad on a normal day. Well, you know, with the traffic update, uh, don't you just rely on the on the apps and on true. the machine? Uh, what do you call it, Waze or Waze, yeah. or Garmin or whatever? That'll take care of you. Yeah, true. Um, usually, sometimes on a big night like tonight, uh, we order pizza, right? Yeah, and maybe. All right, <laughs> maybe we'll get some pizza here today. Hint, hint. Let's. All right. Well, anyway. Um, eh, all right, it's tapering just a little bit. Not as hard as it was ten seconds ago. Um, well, that leaves us together here on a rainy Friday. I have a couple of quick things I want to, um, put you on the lookout for. I'll get to what's his name? General Milley in a moment. He just stepped down officially. That fat body is no longer a, uh, a general in the army. Now, yeah, I called him a fat body and it's fine. I'm carrying a few extra LBs, but I'm not in the army. He's in the army. You get it, right? You're supposed to be fit and trim when you're in the Army. You're also supposed to be a loyal person. You're supposed to be loyal. And he's, you know, he's talking about the Constitution in a very weird way. You know, I know it sounds like, well, what could be wrong with that? He wants to defend the Constitution. It actually isn't his job to evaluate the Constitution. I know we take the oath. I know all about that. But his job is to advise the president on military matters. And the way he talks about the Constitution, I mean, could you imagine everybody kind of just saying that their way is the right way? Forget about the Supreme Court. You know, very smart people, a lot smarter than General Milley, can disagree on what the Supreme Court says, five to four decisions all the time. So a really, really bad guy. And what's, uh, unfortunately, the person behind him is uh, is really the pits, too. All right, so something I've been highlighting. Well, you know this. I mean, I, I look, I can't stand the fake news, right? I just, and what this CNN person did, it was the most awful thing. They should cancel CNN as a result of this. Just cancel it. Just cancel the whole damn thing. Um, Aaron Burnett is her name. They're all terrible. 
the entire cast, uh, Caitlin Collins, uh, Jake Tapper, the rest, even Anderson Cooper, used to be a nice guy. He lost his mind with Trump. And they lie and they cheat and they steal. And here's a great example of it. Now, I, I played a portion of this yesterday, but now I have the Trump, the, what Trump really said. And boy, oh boy, it's like poetry. So this is this week. And they're all upset about uh, Donald Trump and the allegations that he's overvalued his properties, which he didn't. Unbelievably, that trial is going to start on Monday. On Monday, he the, the trial, uh, Letitia James, the state of New York versus the Trump Organization starts Monday. They filed the lawsuit less than a year ago, about a year ago, September of 2022. You know, your typical divorce, that's contentious. That can last two years, three years before you get to a courtroom. This is insane. This is... And they're getting away with it because our media sucks. And we on our side have to do a better. You know what? We, it's not that we don't do a good job, but we don't have the kind of influence that really we need. Um, they just do it. They, 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 they're unfair. They break the law and they can get away with it. Who's really going to do anything about it? Citizens? Conservative media? Yeah, we can bitch and moan, but there's something, there's a missing piece here. I have a few ideas on how we can get some muscle, all right? Some constitutional muscle. Don't worry. All right. Listen to Erin Burnett is her name, one of the worst fake news people in the history of fake news. Listen to this. Cut 28, please. And let's take a close look at another one of those properties that Trump refers to, 40 Wall Street, one of the most treasured jewels in Trump's crown. That property is central to the New York Attorney General's case against him. It is a building that Trump loves to tout. Just listen to him on 9-11. Let me just be clear here. This is on 9-11-2001, moments after the World Trade Center buildings collapsed. Here's Donald Trump. 40 Wall Street actually was the second tallest building in downtown Manhattan. And, and it was actually before the World Trade Center was the tallest. And then when they built the World Trade Center, it became known as the second tallest. And now it's the tallest. Just think about that for a second. If you were alive on that day. That's what he said on 9-11. As all those people died, he's talking about how his building is now the tallest. And he wasn't even right. According to the Washington Post, this building, just one block east, 70 Pine, was still taller, if you care about that specific fact. But that's the reality of Trump. That's his M.O. Say it, even if it's not true. Wow, huh? what a devastating indictment. Um, she's lying. She is deceiving her audience. And it goes on. They get a swamp lawyer by the name of Ty Cobb. I'm not blaming him because he's probably just listening to the news like a lot of other people. Oh, wow, this was just reported on CNN. What could be wrong with that? So he picks it up uh, later in the show. And Aaron uh, and he are talking. It's an anti-Trump segment, by the way. And they get even more anti-Trump. Cut 29. Say in all of this, Ty, one thing is that just, just to take that moment on, on 9-11 that your comment on that day would have been uh. my building's now the tallest. I don't know. For some reason, there are still things that can break through all of this and Give one pause, I hope. Um, I hope. The, but, but how is 9-11? How is 9-11 about Trump? How, you know, that's just, it's just, it's just repulsive. And, and it's so sad. Three, almost 3,000 people laid, lost their lives. Yeah. And he's talking about his, his, his building. Yeah, and lying about talks. how yeah. big it is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... The interview that Trump had with Channel 9, Roland Smith was the anchor, and um, a very nice lady whose name escapes me for the moment, Brenda, Brenda, Brenda somebody. And then there's uh, 
This is what Trump really said during that interview. All right. Here's the stuff they left out. Here's the stuff they didn't tell you about. Here's the stuff they didn't even allude to. Donald Trump speaking on 9-11 with uh, Channel 9 over the phone, cut 30. For years, I've looked right directly at the building. I'd see the Empire State Building in the foreground and the World Trade Center in the background. And now I'm looking at absolutely nothing. It's just gone. And it's just hard to believe. There's nothing you can do when people are going to be bombing planes at your building. Now, well, I guess maybe the world is going to be changing and maybe you're going to have F-16s flying all over the city, etc. But it's a pretty tough situation. The big thing that, that you really will have to do is never forget. You just can't forget that something like this happened. One of the very sad things is going to be when you look at the skyline of New York, which has become so emblazoned in your own memory, and you look in, at the skyline of New York and you see these buildings, these two buildings, whether you love them or don't love them, they were a great part of the skyline. And then when you look at the skyline after 2001, and you're going to see a skyline without these two buildings, you're going to say, what happened? People won't believe it. This was probably worse than Pearl Harbor. Many more people are dead. And, and you know, they don't know. They have no idea. But uh, I have somebody that was down there who witnessed at least 10 people jumping out of the building from... 70 and 80 stories up in the air. I mean, you probably have 25 or 30,000 is the number I've heard, but I would think would be much more than that. This country is different today, and and it's going to be different than it ever was for many years to come. Profound, appropriate, I mean, and there was a lot of news in there. At that point, you know, this was during the day. This is... He's reporting about the people. I didn't know about the people jumping out. I knew later, but that, you know, he's giving, he also said at some point, and he was just kind of offering the observation, like he couldn't fathom that a plane could do this alone. And he said, he's looking at it and it seems to him because the building is so strong in the steel that there could have been bombs on that plane. And you know what? A lot of people actually uh, wonder about that. Um, was CNN remotely honest or they i mean why why have a news show why what when you so distort and hide the truth and here's aaron aaron burnett is her name uh talking about let's see do i do i have her on uh the steve autobato show she goes on the steve autobato show and, and and talks about how much she loves truth uh, which she doesn't uh all right that's not on my it's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. And we did briefly talk about the height of the building when he was asked, oh, by the way, by one of the anchors, not Rollins Smith. And his answer, actually, he's correct. He's not wrong. He got it right. They did it. As usual, I don't say this too often, but shame on CNN. Shame on you, Aaron Burnett. This We demand a complete correction and apology. Make your voices known to CNN, Aaron Burnett. Apology and correction immediately. Be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Still raining. Uh, still raining. And uh, I'll get to Joe and his outgoing fat body uh, general. Nothing wrong with being a fat body except if you're in the... Uh, the army. Have you heard about the guy who hosed down his neighbor's party? Because I guess they were making too much noise. I saw a glimpse of this on social media. I didn't think too much of it because the video that I saw wasn't all that hot. Um, but it's getting, it's taking off now. It's becoming bigger and bigger and bigger. 
And I didn't know that race was an issue here. All right. Exclusive white neighbor Marcus Rosebrock, who hosed down black NYC party goers, says he is getting death threats and fears for children after being accused of racism. A father accused of racism after he hosed down his predominantly black neighbor's party amid a noise dispute has revealed he has been bombarded by death threats. Marcus Rosebrock said the allegations detailed in a lawsuit filed against him have already destroyed his family and left him fearing for his children's safety as he installed additional security cameras at his home. Rosebrock, 48, is said to have doused prominent New York City Dr. Eves Durasso and his guests during a celebration at the Medic's Forest Hills home around 10 p.m. on Saturday, September 17, 20. 22. Interesting. The lawsuit is just now being filed. And it happened then. <laughs> Donald Trump Donald Trump has a <laughs> It took a year. Donald Trump they already have him in court on Monday. <laughs> the lawsuit filed against stay-at-home dad Rose Brock did another and another unidentified woman liken the move to a scene reminiscent of 1960s Birmingham, Alabama when white police used fire hoses to disperse civil rights marches. Okay, that's a bit of a stretch. I, I can't tell at this point who am I, I, I. You're not supposed to hose down your neighbors, but do you have to make a federal case out of it? I, you know, there's going to be noise complaints and issues with driveways and parking between neighbors, no matter what, right? We've had some disputes with neighbors in my day. Um, I mean, sometimes you live next door to somebody who's not of the same race. People same race, same race. Neighbors get into disputes all the time, and it's not racism. If you get into a dispute with somebody of a different race, does that automatically make it racism? No, of course not. Now, you can't take a hose out under any circumstances, but then again, should people be reading about this story um, in Tokyo, Japan right now? <laughs> is it that big a deal? Uh, this guy's life has been ter- to- turned totally upside down. A year later, you know, he's been canceled. He's being bullied cyber globally. I mean, let's face it. Those people at the party, they got wet for a little while. We're all wet right now, and we're surviving. Hmm. More when I come back. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, I want to be clear. When you're a grown man, uh, you can't take a hose and start spraying down your neighbor if they're making too much noise. I'm sure there are penalties for that. Um, you know, I don't know, some sort of citation, at least a ticket. Maybe you get arrested. Maybe. Um, maybe. I, as an adult, you hose down people, but probably not. I mean, you're a jerk, definitely. But do you have to get globally cyberbullied and called a racist and shut down? The way I see it, I'm looking at this guy. They're in Forest Hills. He's spraying water over the fence. He can't see who's at that party. He can't see the color of the people. And actually, I see some white people at the party. It's the easiest thing in the world to throw the race card. Boy, oh, boy. Now, I mean, <laughs> certain people uh, who happen to be white 
really in a tough spot. Everybody's in a tough spot. Everybody, no matter what your color. But I'm going to talk about the white folk for a moment because it's like if you take action like this, which is jerky action, but it could be you're just a jerk. It could also be that the people making too much noise, you know, had it coming. I don't really want to see anybody get sprayed down, but things like this have been known to happen in the history of man, right? And then let's say I know that there are people who are reluctant to call 911 because they ask about the race of the person who's involved, at least for the time being. And uh, if the person who's bothering you or the assailant or whatever, if you're calling about um, uh, somebody, uh, you know, we're in an emergency, he needs the police help, someone's attacking, you know, if that person happens to be a person of color, does it make you a racist to point that out? There is a large chunk of our society trying to make people feel that way. Wow. What a weird thing. Again, I don't think the guy should have hosed anyone down. He's way too old for that. Uh, you still have a right to be a jerk in America without losing everything. Here's the guy. This has already destroyed us. This is the guy who used the hose. They are trying to take... Everything I own. My kids could end up on the street. I could end up losing this house. They believe we are loaded, but we are not. I have not worked for the last 10 years. I have been at home taking care of the kids. Now, the doctor who was throwing the party is a prominent New York City doctor who is chair of the emergency department at Lenox Hill Hospital and the first physician to receive the COVID vaccine. I think I remember this guy. He had arranged the party to celebrate his sister Rose Vinny's birthday. High-profile guests at his house included Rigo Morales, who's that, a record executive who worked with Eminem and 50 Cent, but were Eminem and 50 Cent there? No. Revelers enjoyed a nine-course dinner, geez, cooked by TV chef Vanessa Cantave. Anybody who know who that is? She won some Bravo reality cooking show a long time ago. Rose Brock said the festivities were way too loud, started at around 4 p.m. and went on to past 10 p.m., getting progressively louder. Hey, look, if I had a birthday party and it got loud and some neighbor took a hose on my family, right, I would, and my, yeah, I would be very, very angry. I mean, really angry. I'd call the cops. I'd, uh, I'd do what I could. I don't know. Would I sue the guy? What are the damages? What are the damages? You ruined my party? Um, wet clothes? I mean, I would, I would, I would hate the guy. It's a really weird thing to do for an adult to do, but it has happened. He added that other neighbors complained about the noise levels and claimed there were five calls to 311. Good luck with that, by the way. What a bust that thing turned out to be. 311. And two to nine one one. I like nine one one. I call nine one one probably more than the average person, and I'm always impressed with the professionalism of the people on the phone there. Um, you know, boy, Daily Mail went all out here. Oh, I get it. All right, so here, Eves, the doctor who was holding the party that got hosed down, he has a modest house, whereas the guy with the hose. He has something that looks like a palace. He's got these big columns in front. I don't know. It's sad when neighbors get into it like that, and you can't move that easily. You can't move away. And uh, 
you know, there are people who have been involved in drive-by shootings as shooters who are in less trouble than this draws, than this uh, guy in Queens, right? Hey, here's the thing. Do we have the Mr. Adubato yet with the girl, Erin uh, Burnett, where she's bragging about how much truth she tells, and it's all about the truth and verification and making sure that things are accurate. And she just basically is guilty of character assassination again, on President Trump. President Trump is one of those figures you can just say anything about, anything about him. You can make up anything about him with no account- accountability, nothing. You can get away with it. The fake news will protect you. The fake news is doing it all the time. Um, before we get to that, all right, here she is talking about how uh, how much she loves the truth. Her name again is Erin um, Burnett on CNN. Go ahead with this. I do think, though, there will always be the need, even if temporarily it's not appreciated, for a what people would say is a traditional news platform. But by that, I don't mean how it's delivered. I mean how it's curated, that you want to know that this has been checked, that this is real, that this has been verified, because it's very easy to have innuendo and all kinds of rumors. Right. And but I think that that people want the truth and that knowing what's the truth is, frankly, a time consuming Mm. and expensive proposition. And that's never going to change. So I don't know how it's going to be delivered. I don't pretend to be any, you know, have any insight on that. But I do believe in the actual product itself. Wow. Truth, huh? Yeah, sometimes it's a pain in the neck. Sometimes you got to listen to a nine-minute clip instead of a 40-second clip that somebody gave you over the Internet. Oh, wow, this is Trump being a jerk. Put it right in the queue here. Let's put it on the news. In fact, let's lead the 7 o'clock hour on CNN with this fake information. <laughs> Unbelievable. Now... In that long conversation that Trump has with Channel 9 on September 11, 2001, one of the interviewers, I think his name is Marcus, brings up 40 Wall Street, which President Trump owned then and owns now, at least manages it. Let's see here. Um, Cut 31, please. Donald, uh, you have one of the landmark buildings down in the financial district, 40 Wall Street. Uh, did you have any damage or did you know what, what's happened down there? Well, it was an amazing phone call I made. 40 Wall Street actually was the second tallest building in downtown Manhattan. And, and it was actually before the World Trade Center was the tallest. And then when they built the World Trade Center, it became known as the second tallest. And now it's the tallest. Oh, my God. I, you know what that is? That's known as a some, saying something in passing. He said it in passing when asked about it. And he wasn't wrong. You know, there's the, the, that idiot over there, that malicious idiot, uh, Aaron Burnett saying that she then says, well, he was wrong. 40 Wall Street at the time wasn't the tallest building. It was the third tallest and 70 Pine Street is the tallest. And she, for some bizarre reason, she cited the Washington Post, right? Like, you know, the fake news goes to the fake news to be verified and instead of going, I don't know, to uh, Zillow, to the, the buildings department, to, uh, and I saw there's this like whole chapter on how they measure buildings. And there's a controversy too. Do you stop at the spire? Do you stop at the top floor? Do you stop at the ceiling? Different people count it different ways. There are different organizations. They count these things differently. And one count is by stories. And Trump was right. The 40 Wall Street, in, at least in downtown, 40, I'm sorry, 72 stories for 40 Wall Street. 70 Pine only had 67 stories. It's anyway, that's not why he called up. He called up to talk about this horrible thing that befell the city. And actually, he didn't call up. They called him. They called him. How about that? 
Um, meanwhile, you and me, if you're a MAGA, a Make America Great Again person, I'm a MAGA person, right? I believe in strong borders. I believe in less taxes. I believe in the Constitution. I don't like political correctness. I don't like this woke ideology. The result of woke is a transgender agenda being thrust upon children. And if children have gender dysphoria or some sort of uh, inkling that they want to change genders, they can tell their teacher but not their parents by law. What the hell? Parents will not be notified. My kid gets a bloody nose. I want to know about it, okay? They want to change genders. I think I want to hear about that, don't you think? And there are laws now that, quote-unquote, protecting children. I don't want to get into stupid, unnecessary wars like the war in Iraq, right? That's what the Republicans did to us. Make America great again? What's so controversial about that? Listen to what Joe Biden said during his hate speech yesterday. Uh, this was his speech on democracy. Somebody pointed out to me, you know, when they say we're defending democracy, they're actually just, <laughs> it's not democracy. They say democracy is under attack. Actually, it's just their power that's under attack, their claim to power. And then they masquerade and hide behind the word democracy. Listen to what this Low life said, cut 26, Joe Biden yesterday, cut 26. And there's something dangerous happening in America now. There's an extremist movement that does not share the basic beliefs in our democracy. The MAGA movement. You know, the MAGA movement. We don't believe in democracy. That's what he just said. He's saying we're dangerous. This is authoritarian stuff. This is warming up. January 6th might have been the warm up. Locking up all those people, so many of whom didn't break anything, didn't hurt anybody. He goes back and forth between extremist and, uh, I'm sorry, MAGA and MAGA extremist. Then he tries this one, cut 27. It's on America, but it never changes. The MAGA extremists across the country have made it clear where they stand. So the challenge for the rest of America, for the majority of Americans, is to make clear where we stand. Do we still believe in the Constitution? Do we believe in the basic decency and respect? The whole country should honestly ask itself, and I mean it sincerely, what it wants and understand the threats to our democracy. So that's really bad stuff, isn't it? It's very divisive. That's dangerous rhetoric. Hey, I should have mentioned earlier, Dianne Feinstein died at the age of 90. Senator Feinstein the liberal lion of lioness of the U.S. Senate. Very briefly on her, um, I kind of liked her back when she was the mayor of San Francisco a million years ago. I was in fourth grade. I remember the remember the shooting and everything like that. And, you know, she provided some decent leadership. And I happen to know that in the 90s, uh, she wasn't crazy. Uh, but later she went totally crazy, woke, uh, tried to destroy the life and family of Brett Kavanaugh. And maybe a captive of the staff, that could have happened. But um, all right, Diane Feinstein. And it's not going to change the uh, matrix there, the lineup of the Senate. Gavin Newsom, I do believe, gets to appoint the replacement, interim replacement until the next election. He w- He's already vowed, to, I- I'm going to pick a black woman. How, how disrespectful is that to everybody, including black women? I'm just going to, it's not your... <laughs> It's not your wisdom, it's not your insight, it's not this, it's not that. It's your skin color and your gender. That's what I'm looking for. Strange guy. It's really terrible when when liberals 
try to be, uh, especially white male liberals, try to play this woke dance. I don't like anybody playing it, but the worst are really white men trying to appear virtuous. It's a virtue signal. Owen, you're calling from Wisconsin. Hello. Uh, love your show. Uh, uh, regarding Erin Burnett, mm. I remember in the early 2000s, she was on CNBC. And guess who would be a regular sort of guest on her show? I don't know whether he called her or she called him, but it would be Donald Trump. And you know what he said? And he said it from the heart. He really meant it. That uh, words to the effect, I can't quote him, but I'm, I'm speaking to the most brilliant woman uh, ever in broadcasting. And she would coyly kind of blush and smile, but she obviously wallowed in the compliment. But they never restricted Trump then. When he was on the phone, again, whether he was calling or they were calling, she loved it and she lapped it up. And it's it's I agree with you. And I I am ex of the news business myself now retired. But it is just criminal what they're getting away with at CNN. And she went this way, by the way, when she entered the doors of CNN, because she didn't have that flavor at, at CNBC, as I recall. She pretty much played it straight. But now it's almost that it's their mission. And I think they teach this in the equivalent of broadcast school now. They teach you that it's okay to have a mission. And that's wrong, as you know. By the way, I happen to be the uncle of your former roommate at Fordham, initials PM, and I just had to say that. Wait, 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 PM? PM yeah. or BM? P. P uh, yeah. Uh, I don't mention the name on the air. Well, but, uh, uh, wait a second, wait a second, wait. I don't think I, I don't think, I mean, I don't think I, I, look, I had two roommates in, at Fordham. One was named uh, William Morrow, Billy Morrow, and the other was named Chris Ward. Um, who, uh, who could that be? Hey, what'd you do in the news business? One of the networks. I was on the air in Boston at WRKO. Crawled my way up through uh, smaller markets, Vermont, New Hampshire, etc. But uh, I live in Wisconsin now, and I'm sadly, I'm very glad that I resettled 30 years ago uh, because life is good here. And, I, and I'm really saddened for what life has become in New York. I get back occasionally, and I think the city is just, it's it, before my eyes, it is it is the rust is is kind of symbolic of the deterioration of the city and my family of course thinks i'm crazy because they drink the other Kool-Aid <laughs> and they think cuz i live in the midwest that there's something wrong with me but i've been here 30 years and life is not supposed to be a hassle and life has changed i grew up in astoria lived my teenage years in woodside I went to school on the Lower East Side, LaSalle Academy. I know New York. I know what it was. And that's one of the reasons why I respect you a lot. And the first time I tuned in was only about a year ago. I said, you know, there's something very candid about this guy. He's open book, and this isn't an act, and he really speaks from the heart. I don't agree with you on all, but I'll tell you that 90% of where you're coming from, I'm right with you. And I really enjoy your show. Oh, lineup, The whole lineup at WABC is perfect. Hmm. I don't think any radio station in history has ever pulled that off. Huh. Owen, you got a great soothing voice and great insight. I so appreciate it. Very kind of you. And, uh, wow, Wisconsin's a hassle, too. Is that right? Is that what you were kind of no. getting at? It's, no, it's Oh, it's all good? It's all good now? Oh, it's all good. I, I couldn't be happier, and I've been here 30 years. Uh, I don't, I, sadly, I say I do not miss the Northeast, especially New York City. Uh, it's uh, – I. Uh, Probably because I get sad yeah. when I see how it has changed and is changing. It's horrific. I mean, hey, real quick, did they cheat, you think, in Wisconsin in 2020? 
Pardon me? Did they cheat in 2020 in Wisconsin? I wouldn't say they cheated, but they were sloppy and it was deserving of investigation. And not an investigation that just went before a judge and said, hey, judge, yeah. we'd like to investigate this. Nah, there's not enough here. Get out of here. Yeah, they had all those drop boxes, you know, leave your vote in a plastic box. Uh, I think that was the first. Hey, Owen, you're you're amazing. Thank you so much. Keep in touch, and we'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Yes, we already said goodbye to Diane Feinstein, 90 years old. Great life. Uh, rest in peace. All right. We are going to pay our respects with uh, two seconds of silence. All right. She was terrible, 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 terrible to um, Brett Kavanaugh. And what she did, a oh, horrible, horrible person. Absolutely horrible. You know, Christine Blasey Ford, remember that batty lunatic, right? Didn't know anything. And we stopped the goddamn darn country and listen to her the hearings remember that and she had not a shred of evidence well brett kavanaugh was awesome but he knew who did it cut 35 please throughout my 53 years and seven months on this earth until last week no one ever accused me of any kind of sexual misconduct no one ever a lifetime a lifetime of public service and a lifetime of high-profile public service at the highest levels of American government. And never a hint of anything of this kind. And that's because nothing of this kind ever happened. This confirmation process has become a national disgrace. The Constitution gives the Senate an important role in the confirmation process. But you have replaced advice and consent with search and destroy. Since my nomination in July, there's been a frenzy on the left to come up with something, anything, to block my confirmation. Shortly after I was nominated, the Democratic Senate leader said he would, quote, oppose me with everything he's got. A Democratic senator on this committee publicly, publicly referred to me as evil evil, think about that word, and said that those who supported me were, quote, complicit in evil. So one of the reasons why this Blasey Ford thing blew up like it did, because uh, Senator Feinstein had it, knew about it for months, knew that this woman uh, was ready to make that allegation, false allegation, and they sprung it on him, on everybody, like way, way after the process was basically done. And then she's upset that Kavanaugh has the nerve to defend himself. Cut 36. The Senate is a political body. However, I was shocked to see Judge Kavanaugh take the same tone and strategy. Candidly, in the 25 years on this committee, I have never seen a nominee for any position behave in that manner. Well, uh, Diane... uh did anybody ever call you a rapist? Maybe you would uh, respond similarly. Huh? How about that? Again, rest in peace. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, looking outside, it's still raining a lot lighter than was earlier. Um, the FDR is totally flooded, at least a good chunk of it, right around 23rd Street. Um this is like 
the first of very many thousands of places that are flooded. I'm trying to find out. I wonder if they canceled school for my daughter, the afternoon session. Um, Bob Brown joins us, news anchor. Bob, uh, what's going on out there? It's raining. Raining pretty hard. Hey, are you being uh, a wise guy? No, 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 I, no, no. I, I, <laughs> what? This is like a, a tropical system. I just got off the phone with the National Weather Service, and uh, they expect this to continue at least to the early part of the evening. One to, three, uh, one to three inches more of rain we're expecting. It should start tapering off sometime after midnight. Uh, to be up in, Yeah, one to three inches more. They're yeah. already measuring it in feet in parts of Brooklyn. You saw that near the Gowanus Canal. Uh, northern Manhattan, the Bronx, uh, five, I think, or a little bit over five inches right now in Central Park, uh, well over seven inches, I think, in, uh, in Brooklyn near the uh, Gowanus Grail. We're looking at pictures right now. Where is that? That's the FDR drive. Yeah, no, Brooklyn. This is Brooklyn, Brooklyn under the, um, under that, uh, under the elevated train where they did the French connection. Yeah. I don't know what the, I don't know what train line that is. Oh, where the R runs, I think. Brooklyn seems to be the bullseye as the, at the moment with, with this, with this storm. Uh, I came in on the six from A- 86th Street. That's where John Travolta right. yes. walked down with the paint. Uh-huh, with the pizza and all that, yep. right? And the, right, yep. Uh, I came in on the six from Union Square about an hour ago and the train stopped at 42nd Street and didn't move, so I got out and walked. And it was just coming down in, in buckets. So uh, that's the. It's a sub. It's a tropical system. It's not exactly a hurricane or a regular tropical storm, but it has, it has tropical features, and it just keeps generating rain after rain after rain. Uh, it's not something we see in this area all the time, especially uh, this time of year. But, I can't remember it ever no, raining like this. No, not like this. Not. We got the warnings uh, early last night, so we were we were on top of this all night last night, uh, as far as. It was going to be a deluge today. What about schools, so, public don't, schools? Don't know much about schools as of right now. I I don't know what the school situation is. That schools would, would be letting out about now anyway. I would imagine. I know there was a press conference earlier at noon. I know there was a state of emergencies in effect. I know we have flash flood warnings and watches still up for most of the area. I come in for a different time shift, so I wasn't privy to what they talked about in the uh, noon news conference. So. Um, that's where you are right now. You just got to be careful out there. You know what happens is you can't, you, it can't be lulled. The rain will come down and then stops and drizzles for about 20 minutes, wherever you happen to be, and then all of a sudden it will come down again. So my oh, daughter is still in nursery school right now. They didn't cancel it. They uh, no. thought they would possibly say don't come today. Uh, no, she's there. Well, all right. I guess we're going to be okay. Uh, we good, should be okay. Could, I don't hear of anything uh, going on as far as you know. Were there any uh, mishaps due to the weather as of now? I'm look. Uh, of course, there were. There got to be right. There's got to. We know a couple of car crashes. There's car crashes in beautiful right. weather. It's in beautiful weather too, and cars being towed out of uh, floodwaters again near the Gowanus Canal. Uh, that's been going on all afternoon. They have tow trucks there, just towing them out one after another. And Diego, so. how long did it take you to get to work? I got here late. I got here during your first segment. It took me about an hour. Oh, well, you come from, where do you come from? 116th Street in uh, Lexington. Where do you come from? Huh? I really know my people so well, right? Where do you, where do you live again? No, I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. Uh, okay. well, well, all right. So what was it like? I got down on the subway. I down to the subway. The bus was, the, uh, the train was 25 minutes away. So I'm like, Nah, I'm going to take the bus. So I just hopped on a bus, and uh, it was bumper-to-bumper traffic, but I I was able to get here. Okay. Um, well, check, check the schedule going back north tonight. What do you mean? Check it out. They Wait, they have a schedule for the tr- subway? Oh, they sh- they're supposed to. Yeah, yeah, they do. You can check it out, sure. Absolutely. Don't you just show up and wait? You, 
Nobody really checks the schedule. It's not like the Long Island Railroad where you look for the time. Well, they have those boards now in the subway. You can see how many minutes. Which away I like. I like. Isn't I, that great? It's a terrific feature. And they're pretty. Uh, they're pretty accurate. And what's? Uh, but not all the lines have them. For instance, if you're on a lettered line, they tend to not have right. them for whatever reason. All right. So we're going to survive. Let's not freak out, Bob. Thank I'll be you. Okay. Sure. Anytime. Uh, where's James Flippin? By the way, James is in Charlotte. He has a wedding today. Oh, that's right. Is it a gay wedding? I forgot. I don't know. You'll... He said it was a straight <laughs> wedding. It's a regular, it a regular wedding. wedding. Is it a regular wedding? Don't regular say wedding? normal wedding. I guess I can say regular wedding, right? He's at a wedding. He's at a wedding. Yeah, but it's no none of my business. Uh, but I'm, you know, that's between you and James. <laughs> All right, <laughs> hey man, thank you. Uh, I I don't know if you've been following this Cassidy Hutchinson, this terrible woman who's out there selling a book. Um, this is where I get very political. I don't know if you're cool with that. All right. Sorry. Mate. Well, I do the news of politics January, is a little part the, of the job. The January 6th stuff, you know, the lady who goes around, uh, they made her a star witness because she was literally down on her luck. She had no other options. She had no money. She's emailing everybody, begging for a job, begging for money, which, you know, that happens in life. You know, that, that mm-hmm. like, I there's no, sh- I mean, I wouldn't be proud of that, but, you know, I've been hard up for money. I've been hard up for a job. I've emailed people, but the way she emails people and when she emails them, and she's still a defender of Trump, and then she's presented with this enormous opportunity, you know, tell people stuff you don't know and stuff that you can't even vouch for yourself that's anti-Trump and will make you a star. And that's what happened. So Cassidy Hutchinson, who I hate to be all kind of a mediocre person in terms of uh, intelligence and looks okay that's all mediocre less than mediocre <laughs> how about that less than mediocre however they sent her to a the best spa in the world they could find and they kept her there for five months and she came out looking like a goddess that is like it, no matter what you look like if you really work with what you got you can really turn it around so she comes walking into that hearing room last summer and she looks wow even i was like wow but then i saw the before pictures and i'm like eh. no it's showtime you well kidding? No. and she's got a tan and then she speaks in this silly kind of uh oh, tony said and if you listen to her it's all about what some guy named tony told her listen to this cut 32 her st- her her important testimony the most significant testimony since uh watergate cut 32 i looked at tony and he had said did you effing hear what happened in the beast Tony proceeded to tell me. I recall Tony and I having a conversation. I had another conversation with Tony. I remember Tony mentioning knives, guns. Tony would oversee all of that. Wow. Tony. I feel, did- I, I feel like Ralph Cramden right now. Remember that? Tony. Who's, who's Tony? Tony? <laughs> <laughs> who's Tony? You are quitting. You are quitting that job. And you can go in there and you can tell Tony and Tony can go back and tell George and Bede and Bill. <laughs> so uh, who's Tony is right. I mean, why did they put Tony? He was the w- witness to all this stuff. So it was a, such a sham. But she looked good repeating uh, this sham, pushing this sham. She gets a book, like all those fake cops. They got books, too. Officer Finone, remember him? The indifference shown to my colleagues has been disgraceful. Remember the, the hillbilly cop? The wannabe hillbilly cop. All right. Uh, stay with me on this. So she's on the shows now uh, pushing this book, and they are kissing her rear end big time. Cut 33, please. 
So I still had that sense of loyalty. And I think that that's largely underscored because a lot of people in Trump's circle aren't very willing to talk about the unspoken code of loyalty and the spoken code of loyalty. But I still had that feeling. And frankly, I had that feeling of loyalty to him for a year, year and a half afterwards. Right. And I, I, I fought against that. And I, I knew it was wrong, but it was this push, this pull inside of my soul pushing so for a year and a half she feels loyal to trump the boss but this pushing a pull i think is her financial woes and these people who want to find somebody inside the trump orbit that they can use as a star witness against trump and say things that aren't even incriminating but they dress it up to look like it's incriminating because it's this big hearing and everything she says must be it must be Excellent, because after all, she's attractive. So bottom line, what's in this for her? Well, number one, number two, two things, fame and fortune. There you go. <laughs> fame and fortune. I she's said getting, showtime, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, look, do you believe this? So she's a like a, she's like an intern on Capitol Hill working for Mark Meadows, who's a congressman. And then Congressman Meadows gets picked by Trump to become the chief of staff. And he brings Cassidy with him. But do you believe this? Is this at all? If you saw these pictures, these before pictures, you would know what I mean. You just know what I mean. All right. It's just not. She is never in a million years did this conversation take place that she says took place. Listen to this. Cut. This is Mark Meadows officer her job. This is what she says. She says cut 34. I made it clear to him that I worked for Mark Meadows as the chief of staff, not Mark Meadows as Mark Meadows. And to me, there's a distinct difference there. I worked for the office of the chief of staff, meaning that I've worked for the institution and the executive branch. What? Doesn't that seem absurd to you? I didn't. It was kind of double talk to me. I didn't really. Well, that's it, she's not good at this. She's not good at this. She's It's like going back to where we we're talking about. I'm going bowling, but I'm not going bowling. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's what it sounded like to me. So you're a honeymooner. Fan. Oh, love it. How can you not be? You know, I've actually been to um, 327 Chauncey Street. Have you been? Yeah. That's where Ralph lived. That's where Jackie Gleason Jackie, was born. Gleason, and it was huh? the notional address of the, you know, who I've talked to is, um, oh, shoot, uh, Joyce Randolph, who played Trixie. Who's still with us. Yeah, she lives on Central Park West. Mm-hmm. And, um, oh, I'm a big fan. I talked to her uh, once on the phone, interviewed her. And, um, oh, I love the honeymooners. I admit, when, when are they, when are they on? I find them on YouTube. I don't know. I they're think, not on, like, they're on it literally well, like think, three in the morning on Channel 11. Something like that, right. But you can watch this stuff online. I mean, any time of the day. I, there was something about watching it, like, for instance, growing up, what did I do? My ritual, which was a bad ritual to have when you're 16 years old, uh, contrary to my parents' wishes and knowledge, but I would watch The Odd Couple at, uh, 11 o'clock, uh, Jackie Gleason, The Honeymooners at 11.30, and Star Trek at midnight. I remember that. And then I'd have to be at school at 7.15. This was not uh, This was not good, but I loved that lineup. All right, so she's a great big phony. That's all you really need to know. Oh, speaking of great big phonies, uh, what's his name? The uh, uh, the fatty general, um, Millie, is gone, and we have a new one named C.Q. Brown. These generals are so carried away with themselves. We have a very, very bad situation on our hands. Did you ever serve in the military? No, I did not. Well, I, the closest I came was getting a draft card. I was number one. I was one, what was I, 130? No, 180. They were stopped. They were <clears throat> just about stopping calling the numbers for people coming up. So I was in the middle, but they didn't call me. So here's, uh, let's, 
it's neither here nor there. You know what I mean? You didn't, it's, I'm glad I did it. I, my big push about the military these days is that people, if you don't serve, especially if you're in politics, maybe it deserves, it deserves respect, but you don't have to be freaked out by them. You know, they are capitalizing. These generals are capitalizing on civilian politicians feeling somehow inadequate because they didn't serve. So you got to do what they say. It's a sick game that they've been playing for at least 20 years, maybe longer. But anyway, here's General Milley. Fat boy, we'll call him. Cut 38. To a country. We don't take an oath to a tribe. We don't take an oath to a religion. We don't take an oath to a king or a queen or to a tyrant or a dictator. And we don't take an oath to a wannabe dictator. We don't take an oath to an individual. We take an oath to the Constitution, and we take an oath to the idea that it's America, and we're willing to die to protect it. Every soldier, sailor, airman, Marine, Guardian, right. and Coast Guard. Get over yourself. Get over yourself. Get o- I mean, just, it sounds, oh, wow, this is really powerful. The fake news is e- eating it up, right? And, oh, this is so true, so true. Number one, he's talking about Trump, wannabe dictator. Get it, right? This guy was the military advisor to the president. Does he sound like an advisor? This sounds, this sounds like, this sounds like a dictator. This sounds like a tin pot kind of guy. And his uniform actually looks that way. When something that is so inherently obvious is stated as like this edgy idea, it's a, it's, it's, it bothers me. I can't quite put my finger on it. I'll tell you this. It's not his job to evaluate the Constitution. Just because we take that oath, which I'm here to tell you is pretty much a formality. Okay. It's a formality. You're sworn in now, Mm -hmm. but it actually talks about, I think, and let me look at this. Come to think of it. It specifically says to obey the orders of those you work for, of those above you. The, let me just double check this. All right. Sorry about that. Um, that'll take me a moment or two. Let's go back to the honeymooners. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Does that make sense? I mean, I'm trying to th- – I have to think about this a little bit deeper or longer or – but when somebody says something that's so obvious and then they – I don't know, like Biden when he says our democracy, nothing's more important than our democracy. Like when you – Are you basically just talking about generals sounding off and they need to be – you're not – I mean, yes, but more broadly, when you talk about something hanging hanging by a thread, you're actually pushing it into a precarious situation so where someday it might be hanging mm-hmm. by a thread. You're talking something mm-hmm. into existence that's not in existence. I'll shut up now. I know this is half-baked. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Wow. This is good. This is good. I'm going to really develop this. You know, he's saying you don't take an oath to a man. In a way, you do. It says right there, you take you take an oath to the officers appointed above you. Uh, it, it's just right there. I do solemnly swear or affirm that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, and that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, and that I will obey the orders of the President of the United States and the orders of the officers appointed over me according to regulations and the Uniform Code of Military Justice. So help me, God. 
And if you look up the code of military justice, there's all kinds of things in there about insubordination, lack of respect. You can get in trouble for that, Mark. Uh, lucky for you, you're, uh, you're surrounded by, uh, ignorant members of the media who are dazzled by your uniform and your treachery and your anti-Trump rhetoric. And you don't have me around. All right. Uh, but I'm making my voice heard. Don't you think? <laughs> I, uh, and he, uh, yes, I know he's got caught wind of, uh, some of the stuff that's emanating from Midtown East. <laughs> and, uh, look, uh, he brought this on himself. Oh, here he is. This is what we call a humble brag. This is a humble brag. He's retiring, right? And he knows that nobody is there. Um, he knows that. Well, listen to this. Cut 39. Cut 39. My classmates from Princeton, so maybe we can hear you shout. That was pretty weak, actually. So not sure what to make of that. But I was made an honorary member of the class of 1980 from West Point. So all the West Point classmates, maybe we could hear from you. Oh. All right. So the fake, uh, even my friends in conservative media are misinterpreting this. They're like, oh, wow, they don't like him at Princeton and uh, West Point. He's bragging that he went to Princeton. Of course classmates aren't there. You get it? You get how this guy operates? How else do you drop the name of your school in your goodbye speech? Greg Kelly. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, you know, not that it matters, but that Kelly Ripa and Mark combination is totally boring and weird. Um, Mark is her husband, right? Kelly Ripa, and they do that show, which was basically invented by Regis Philbin. And it wasn't even Kathy Lee Gifford. It was somebody else or just Kathy. What was it? She was Kathy Lee Crosby. And then, but it was somebody else. I can't remember who. Regis was great. And then Regis left, and it became Michael Strahan, and he stunk, and he still stinks, and he's not a nice guy, and uh, he's an arrogant clothes horse. Imagine a guy who has an entire warehouse for his cars, all right, or one of those guys who has has so many cars he needs an elevator. It's just, uh, yeah, it, it really is just very silly, very silly. Um, he stirs the race pot over there at uh, ABC. I know that. He wouldn't even cut poor Chris Harrison a break when they were fault pushing him off The Bachelor for those false, phony allegations that he was racist. Remember that? So, um, uh, oh, yeah, but back to Kelly and Mark. They put these silly pictures of themselves on social media. They're married for like 30 years. And like these butt pictures and like they're hooking up. And it's just really uh, distasteful, distasteful. I'm a man of taste and refinement, if you haven't noticed, and this kind of makes me uncomfortable. Uh, let's go to, it's Friday, phones, Friday phones. Should we make that more of a thing? Adam and Mineola, speaking of Regis Philbin, his hometown, he was born, I believe, and grew up for several years of his life in Mineola. Or maybe they were the latter part of his life. He lived in the Bronx, too. Shoot. Anyway, what's up? I was born in the Bronx, sir. So, anyway... You know, I'm a Democrat, and I I agree with the things that you said about MAGA. I am not a MAGA, but I agree with the lower taxes and, and, you know, most of the things that you said, sir. I just want you to know that, you know, I'm not considered MAGA because I'm, you know, but I agree with a lot of those policies. So I just wanted to to let you know that, um, 
people that are not MAGA agree with those some of those policies, man. Do you understand that? I totally understand that. I mean, you don't have to call it MAGA, but those are the central tenets of MAGA. And, you know, like, like it's a very mainstream, common-sense approach. People are turned off by MAGA. I will admit, the first time I heard MAGA, I like Make America Great Again, but when it, when they called it MAGA, it sounded a little, I don't know, MAGA. It's like a tough word, but I like it now. I've grown used to it. I know people have heard horrible things, but, yeah, what's not to like about MAGA? Seriously, what's not to like? Actually, you're right. a Democrat, so what's not to like about MAGA? Um, the, Like you said, like Make America Great Again, that's definitely I, everybody should want that. You know what they say, though? They say it's like, you know, we want uh, it's like a racist throwback, you know, make America great again. Back to a time where, you know, uh, people of color knew their place. Now, that's not what we're talking about at all. It's so offensive. A friend of mine actually told me that. And I'm like, are you serious? You know what I thought when he said we don't he said America doesn't win anymore, Trump. And I just thought my first thought was, you know what? Number one, he's right. Number two, we haven't been to the moon in 51 years. It's crazy. Crazy. All right, Adam, so you're a Democrat, and we agree. I love it. I love it. There should be more of this, and I want Trump to uh, start talking more to people uh, like you who may not uh, think they're MAGA and show that this is a common-sense agenda he's got. Adam, thank you. Uh, let's try Russ in White Plains. Yes. Hey, uh, I'm a Democrat, too, and I'm MAGA, so uh, it's, a, it's a trend. But, Greg... Can I ask you, what do you think, before I get to my question, Kamala Harris replacing Feinstein by Newsom, do you think that solves a lot of problems for them? Um, yes, but it would. It would solve a lot of problems, but Kamala will never go for it. You know, wh why would Kamala go for that? She's the vice president. She had that job already. She's going to go back to her old job. It's going to look, she's going to have egg on her face. Uh, from what I have been told, she does not want to step down, and if Joe should opt out, she thinks she can run. I agree. It would solve a lot of problems, but it would create a big one for her in that she'd be basically humiliated. Uh, so she's not going to sign up for that. That's my that's my take, and that's what I've been hearing as well. Does that make sense? Well, I think she'd go back for a role where she would have power because as vice president, she's not going to have any power anyway. And if she loses it the next time, she's going to be a nobody. So I think it would be a smart move for her. In fact, Newsom could take her place as vice president and slip right in. But but quickly, can I ask ask you the question about the Chinese seeding the clouds? Have you heard about that? They're seeding the clouds over there? Um... In order to do water management, you know, they built a lot of uh, dams, and they're trying to stop the Gobi Desert from expanding. They try to fill reservoirs for hydroelectric power. I read it in the Chinese uh, English-language newspaper, China Daily. They've been doing this for years, seeding the clouds. And I think seeding them with what? You know, halide, uh, silver halide. They put uh, chemicals in the clouds so that the, uh, the water stays up there or comes down over there first. It, it condenses the water. Well, they may be trying that. I don't think they perfected it. Uh, I don't think, I mean, people have messed with, America's tried this. We've tried to control weather. We've tried it. I mean, especially in the 50s and the 60s. If you could control the weather, you can really control the battle space. So there's been interest in this for a long time, but I'm pretty sure they concluded that, that it's essentially impossible or it's it, maybe you could do it, but it's just too hard to do it, and it's not worth the investment. I don't know for sure, though. China Daily, why do you read that? 
Well, because it gives me an idea of what they're thinking over there. Yeah, no, it's a good idea. I, I should uh, I should get my. It's, on, it's on the on and, Broadway, at 83rd Street, 96th Street. You oh, I got to go buy it. Can I go online? Well, you want me to bring you one? No, I mean, but can I go online to get it? Oh, I don't know. I like reading the newspaper. I'm 67. You know, I read the newspaper. But you make it sound like you're 97. That's not that old. Well, I feel like it's sometimes sitting in my chair. Can I ask you one real quick question about Curtis uh, Sliwa? Because I was at his rally at Waldo Gardens, you know, and the other side was cheering him. They were saying, thanks for caring for cats. And they recognize that Curtis has empathy with cats. At first, I thought it was cats and matides. But I think Curtis can really reach across, you know, and, and bridge a gap. And would it be reasonable for these two groups to get together and ask why Eric Adams doesn't use his vacant office space to house new, these migrants? And then he'd have a reservoir. Hey, what do you him? care about the cats? Everything you say about Curtis is true, and he's such a great guy, and he's really helping this city, and he can help it on a huge scale. I think I've told him this. I, mean, I think it's enough with the cats. All right. I like. I enough. No, it's got to be enough with the cats. I, I don't. I, you know, I, I don't like cats. And uh, when cats congregate, you know, fifty cats in one place, nobody likes that. I mean, cat people like it. I don't like Russ. Thank you very much. You know what I mean? I just I thought the cats were too uh, conspicuous in the in the campaign. Not that it cost him. Eh, maybe it cost him a little bit, but I, I like what you're saying, that a lot of people are now seeing the disaster that is Eric Adams, and uh, and uh, and Curtis is poised, if I don't run, to do very well. Um, let's try Tim. You're up in Westchester. Hello. Hey, how's it going, Craig? Um, uh, is this a Frank phone call? No, it's not a Frank call, no. But I, you know, I've listened to you for years. I used to say you used to like Frank Calls, not to your show, but, you know. Yeah, I do. I do. No, no, I I do enjoy a good prank phone call, but not when I can see it, you know, 10 miles away. So anyway, keep, keep continue your thought. Okay. First of all, if you do like Frank Calls, um, Curtis' uh, show was one time Frank. Hey, enough with too. Curtis, all right? I just did the Curtis call. No more Curtis. He's 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 on the radio 10 hours a day. This is my time. All right. Okay, I'm sorry, Greg. Uh you you listen. With Trump, they're going to go after him and but they're going to go after everybody the hard left. When the hard left takes over this joint, this is going to be hell. It's going to be hell. It's hell now. Yeah. Yeah. And and it, it really is sad, but listen, I'm going to give you the the recipe for for uh, uh, Trump winning slam uh, down. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Thank you. I'm going to give you the recipe. Here it is. All right. Well, what? Ready? No, I don't. Uh, yeah. Why don't you? Can you put it in the mail? I don't want to. I don't want to. Don't give it away. Okay. Don't give it away on the radio. Oh, no, you got to write write it down and send it to the station. Okay. Uh, all right, no, dude. You thank you, what? Tim. Thank you. No, no, no. I'm serious, but I don't want you to put it out on the air. All right. No, 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 Tim. Come on. I don't want. I don't. No, 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 no. Stop! 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 All right. Hang up on this guy already. Jeez. Thank you, uh, <laughs> John in New Jersey. Greg. What? I want to ask you a question and I have a comment. Do you know any president that has served this country that had not taken a salary? I know the answer. I'm sure you do. Yeah, I know. Trump took a buck a year. Uh, I think 
Kennedy might have given his some of his salary back, but I don't know for sure. Yeah, Trump. I know. Buck a year. Never really got credit for it. Buck a year. Don't Trump mention that? And well, you don't want to brag about it either. I mean, you know, you're a billionaire. You know, I think it was a great thing to do, classy thing to do. Appreciate that he did it. Doesn't get enough credit for it. What else? Yes. Okay. Now you're speaking about General Melly. The four, or, or, or he's not a general no more. Of course, he retired or kicked out. Anyway, uh, he did not the right thing. He's talking about the Constitution, but according to the Constitution and God, which is more important than anything, we have to know to the truth of love and the truth and and having the wisdom of God so we would know how to do the right thing and do it. I love it, John. The- Thank you very much. Turn off the radio next time you call. I do I do uh, I do agree with you. Ah, this is uh night. Hey, did it stop raining? Nope. It's still drizzling. And according to the Apple News, it's going to kick up in just a little bit. Uh, let's try Jeremy. You're uh, in New York. Yeah, hi. Hi. Yeah, this is Jeremy. Um, I just want to ask you something. Do you think it is possible for Governor Newsom to appoint um, RFK Jr. Uh, to replace uh, Senator Feinstein? Uh, no. Number one, he's not going to do that. Number two, he doesn't like RFK Jr. Number three, RFK Jr. doesn't live in California. Uh, number four, uh, he's already committed publicly to appointing a black woman. Um, so, uh, no, no, not going to happen. Black woman. How about Whoopi Goldberg? That's cute, Jeremy. I use another Frank phone call, right? I I love it. I love it. But you guys, listen, man. I know personally the two masters of the prank phone call and you and Tim, you guys got to listen to these guys. All right. Study them and then call me back and pull off a genuine goof. Um, so you got to look at jerky boy one, two, three, four. Um, you got to look at the uh, Musacha tapes. These are all available online and uh, you should buy them though and study Kamal and study most of all Johnny Brennan and John Musacha. And then try again, okay? Fair enough? Good. Greg, Sandra Greg. in New Jersey. What's up? Hi. Hey. Greg, um, I was thinking about what you said last night on your show, that not enough people know the empathetic side of Donald Trump and all the beautiful sides of him. So I thought of the Gotham documentary, how your father and Rudy Giuliani, they targeted certain parts of the city to attract, no, to get the bad, you know, to get the criminals. But in this case, I'm thinking maybe we should, you should try to do that. We have to target all the areas where the people are that don't understand Trump. And then I visualize small town hall meetings, you know, versus the big ones. And we would invite all these people that don't understand Trump and somehow, some way, by showcasing positive role models and, and encouraging critical thinking and promoting civil discourse. And this sounds like a big pain in the neck to actually do. And you keep saying, we, we got to do this. We, you and me. I, I would help. I, I would love to I, help. I, 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 I'm not, I can't organize uh, intimate uh, get togethers for Trump. No, but 
can't, but can't Donald Trump do it? Can he? I would imagine. Look, they guy? they know what they're doing. The campaign. I have pointed out that I do believe if he um, talks to the other side, he doesn't have to change anything. Doesn't have to change his message. His tone may automatically change. Um, may automatically change because he's talking to people who are not persuaded yet. And uh, I think he could do. I think. I think miracles. Miracles. Uh, would happen, but you know I can't go around setting that up. And let's face it, Sandra, you can't do that either, right? You got stuff to do. You got piano lessons to. You got a husband to take care of. <laughs> All right, I love you. I'll yeah. see you later. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Man, there are some funny and creative people in the world. Oh boy, I just saw this. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's also kind of totally uh, inappropriate. But, uh, you know, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, the, the sportscasters. Oh, can they I can't believe they did this. They did a, a bombing run during World War Two and they called it like a sports game. They called it like it was a football game. Uh, man, I got to do something about this phone. There's a lot of content on there. It can be very, very addictive. You just I have to put it down and. And uh, please look around. My eyes are going crazy, and I also find my hands. Like, what do they call it? Carpal tunnel. I I I have that. My 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 that that big meaty part under your thumb that hurts. Sometimes it throbs because I'm on these stupid devices all the time. And here comes the pizza. Wow. Oh, one pizza. One. I thought it was pizza for everybody, you know, because it's a rainy day and whatnot. You know, it's going to be a big thing and cozy inside and hard to get out in the rain. One pizza. All right. Phil, you didn't ask Greg if you wanted I, It's all right. It's okay. I mean, I thought it was for the station, you know. Well, all right. Um, <laughs> hmm. Would have been nice. No. All right, we got to wrap up here, wrap up the week. And I told you I would do phone calls relentlessly for the rest of the show. Barbara, hello. Hi, Greg. Happy rainy Friday. Uh, hey, yesterday I listened to the opening of the impeachment inquiry and heard such an obvious hypocritical reaction from the Democrats questioning the validity of this impeachment inquiry when they live in the in the thinnest of glass houses and they're throwing stones right and left. And then you hear them ranting and railing about us and, and mega people destroying the Constitution. They don't know what the Constitution is, destroying democracy. I would like one of them to say that we are a republic. We know that we are a republic. They don't know that. And they would like a pure democracy because pure democracy is the rule of thugs. It is, as, as the joke goes, pure democracy is four animals voting what to have for dinner, three wolves <laughs> and a lamb. That is pure democracy. Who said that about we, the – who said that? I love that. Who said that? Oh, I don't know where that came from. I've heard it everywhere, you know, <laughs> when people talk about pure democracy. And, and I've seen the picture of this, this table <laughs> and the three wolves looking at the lamb as they vote what they're going to have for dinner. But so that's what they want. We are a representative republic, which respects and protects the rights of the majority so that they will not be bullied, as the Democrats like to do, bullied by a raw majority. And now that they're bringing more and more illegals into the country, they plan on expanding that majority tremendously. Absolutely. What? So, yeah. Oh, I just when you look at these people 
and you hear the words coming out of their mouth, they are a disgrace to our Congress. They are a disgrace to our founding fathers. I just read an article that said when our founders signed the Declaration of Independence, there was no celebration in the room. There was a pensive and awful silence that pervaded the House as they were called up one after another to sign what they believed to be their own death warrants because the British government considered the Declaration of Independence a treasonous document. Treason was a capital crime. So look how far we have come with our rulers, our politicians in this country. Barbara, you're amazing. We benefit so much. Your wisdom, your knowledge, and uh, your boldness. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Three wolves and a, and a dog voting for dinner. What does it go again? Three wolves. Three wolves and a fat little delicious fuzzy white lamb <laughs> voting what they will have for dinner that evening. And we know what that will be. And that is what we have in this country right now. We have a majority in the Congress and in the White House imposing unfair regulations and unfair rulings on the minority. Because even though we may not have a, have been the minority in the election, uh, we don't know that. We don't know about the validity of the election. But nonetheless, they are quick to impose the most radical of their wishes upon every American. Barbara, thank you. Wow, what a what! I love that statement. I've not heard it before, but it's uh, it's it's fantastic. Very very wise. All right, that's it. That's it. And September is over. September is over. This is the last uh, weekday of September, October, first Monday in October. That's when the Supreme Court um, gets things started. And uh, anyway, it's been a lovely month. Thank you very much. Sorry about the rain situation. And uh, let's all, uh, you know, be our best, okay? I'll see you soon. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.